Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, everybody. Happy to... Oh, there's Joel. I was about to say, Spencer Israel, Dennis Dick, Angela Elkhan. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. What are we going to talk about today? What, what's, what, what's on the radar? I can't imagine we have anything to discuss. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, all the big tech stocks being down and all the broader market being down and Facebook.com being down for like the entirety of yesterday afternoon. We'll get to all that. I promise. We'll talk Pepsi as well. And uh, yeah, we'll take questions from our chats. But it was one of those days and we are trading higher. Of course we are. Of course we're trading higher in the pre-market session. Ryan Dietrich from LPL Financial. He's our chief market strategist. He would join us over 835 to give us his thoughts on the market. Before I throw it to Joel and his charts, a couple of housekeeping items. Number one. The next uh, pre-market prep Saturday extravaganza is going to be not this Saturday, but next Saturday, premarketprep.com to learn more. Look, graphic up on the screen, October 16th, 9 to 12.30. Again, premarketprep.com. Housekeeping item number two is our cannabis conference is next week. It's actually like two days before that pre-market pep event in person. I'll be there. Marriott Marquis, Times Square, New York City, bzcannabis.com. Learn more about that. So I'm excited. You're excited. Joel's all excited. We're all excited. Joel, how excited are you this morning? Uh, are you staying at the Pennsylvanian? <laughs> <laughs> that is a classic Benzinga story if there ever was one. That's for sure. Okay. Well, no, no, we are not. Joel, times have changed. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's see. We got some green on the screen here. I got ride up there. We don't want ride. We got S&Ps. And, uh, you know, I was a little bearish yesterday, and we did go down. But you know what? We got – if this low holds up at uh, 32.69, we got three lows in the same area. So you know what that means? That means support. And the question is, is can we get back above Friday's close? I know that's a ways away. That was 43.75. That was the inner day high. Also from yesterday was right there as well. So I'll be feeling a little bit more comfortable about this Q4. If we could add another 30 handles and close above 43, 43, 43.75. Crude up a stick. I mean, this thing's got 80 on the brain. We're up a buck a one at 78.63. We have gold in the red by $9.50 at 17.58. Silver in the red by a dime, 22.54. Bitcoin, we talk about a potential trading range from 40 to 50. Well, here we are, folks. We're in the 50,000 handle up $370. At 50,225, Ethereum going the same way, 
That's up $22.75. Quiet range in uh, Ethereum, but fourth day in a row of being in the green. So that's a look at your commodities, your futures. Uh, Triple D, I mean, was it, a, was it a quiet night for you last night? Was there any fireworks coming off the keyboard? Chop. Lots chop. of chop. Mm-hmm. But before we get to last night's trading action, we have some more housekeeping to do here as well. We actually have a very special birthday on the show here today. Mr. Alconan is turning 75 years old. Let's give a happy birthday to Mr. Al- Joel Alconan. Uh, you, you guys you guys were smooth on that. Spencer wait, wait. did it. Happy birthday, dear Jolie. Happy birthday to you. You <laughs> thought he could sneak it by us. You yeah. got you. And, uh, Seventy-four to, puts are worth worthless now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually it's actually the fifty-eight puts. Oh, the fifty-eight. They're, puts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or fifty-seven puts good, are off. No, excuse me, fifty-seven puts are off the board. Fifty-eight calls are just they're trading at like a huge premium. So if you want to get on the fifty-eight calls, uh, but you know what? Every day is my birthday. Every day I get to work with people like Spencer and you and Mitch and Jason oh, and have such a, a and I have such a wonderful crowd in the chat when uh, Chairman Kim is in here. Uh, you know, it's just I'm 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 a very I'm a very lucky person. Every, like my dad used to say when I think, Dad, what am I going to get from your birthday? He says every day is your birthday, and uh, you know you have your birthday, and then you have your death date so i'm sticking with the birth date and uh yep thank you yeah, uh, we don't like the death day we don't yeah like i think day. is it um is steve this either steve jobs yeah, has this yeah steve, steve jobs well, steve jobs died today 10 years ago yeah he i remember he died on my birthday back then yep and uh 10 no. years ago wow that doesn't yeah. 10 years ago yeah yep holy cow the years fly by I can remember, like you know, discussing what what'll happen, you know, to to Apple stock if Steve Steve Jobs dies. <laughs> I, remember, know, I, I remember, I remember having I that like discussion. It wasn't on the show because we weren't doing the show back then, but it was probably with you, Joel. Or like, I don't know, man, he's sick. You know, maybe we should buy the Apple puts. That would have been a bad trade. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't do that. I know. <laughs> Holy, but Steve Jobs, unbelievable person as yeah. well. Obviously, just with what he accomplished. I, I mean, there's not a lot of people in business that accomplish more than Steve Jobs, but let's move on to the markets. Joel, a, a happy birthday to you. And as a gift, uh, I, I I bid Bitcoin above 50K and I bid okay. the it up this morning. So uh, you're welcome. Yeah, an up, an up market. There's nothing like an up market. We were here. trying to get it to 58K for you, but there was this wasn't enough. We could never know. You never know. But. Uh, well, I mean, as bad as you know, yesterday, you know, is is the baddest things looked. They're looking good today. I just, I think it's another important day for you know for the market. Let's hold on to these gains. I mean, you know, y'all are looking for the, uh, you know, this like this is the bottom. Like this is the bottom, and we're going back to all time highs. That and and you can't disagree with it with the triple bottom, right? Three lows in the same area. I just the bounces are j- t- today will be the day. Well, we'll see if if like if these bounces are sold again and see if we make a well. It's gonna be hard to make a higher high in the spoos because overnight they went to forty three sixty two, but just getting to that interday high from yesterday, which was also the close on Friday, I think that's really important 
to see if, because I feel like sellers are coming down. Buyers stepped up yesterday. Sellers coming down. A couple days of consolidation. Uh, but no, it's interesting. You know, are we done going under 4,300? I don't know. I don't know. Joel's looking at that top right chart. He's, he's sounding pretty bullish to me, guys. It, I mean, it, it, the, oh, well, that, oh, that's the Ethereum chart. So oh, don't look at that. Right. It's pretty good, though. I right, like the right, Ethereum right. chart better. It, it is. My bad. I mean, there same you go. Three lows in the same area. Yeah. What, you know, this low here, I mean, that's, you know, that's what we preach. You know, this one have this one happened to happen uh, during a globex session when we went to 4260 on that Friday was crazy. Um, and then yesterday it would, you know, it was a real low. We went to 60, uh, I believe 67 and a half. And then last night, you know, went to 4269. So a great area of uh, a support three in the same area. You bounce 40 handles off it. We've seen this scenario so much before we just rip out of here. So let, let's see what happens today. Your tech stocks are not dragging everything down in the, in the gutter today. What I, a you whipsaw went- market though. I mean, and I guess you can blame Facebook for a lot of it yesterday. That was an ugly day for Facebook, but here we are Friday afternoon get the nice late day rally into the close and you're thinking, okay, here we go. You know, we're bouncing back and then boom, we give it all back. And then some yesterday, I mean, this is just, what did you used to call it when you get that, the accordion shirt going, where it's just up and down, up and down. The contrarian is making money and the person who is chasing moves is not. And that continued yesterday. I mean, again, overnight we go contrarian again, I got to think, though, like if you're buying here, this seems like the exact wrong thing to do. No, Joel, when we're up like 20 handles here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we're going to test yesterday's low again. Why not? Maybe not today, but probably tomorrow. If not today. No, the the next time you go down there, you don't want to go down there. Next time you go down, no. You know, Joel's been bearish, so we'll give him some props yesterday because he was bearish yesterday on the show and the market was straight down all day. So the market listens very closely to Joel, apparently. But wow, I mean, it was an ugly day. And tech stocks leading the way. Yeah, uh, Facebook led the way. Uh, Facebook, yeah, Facebook down, what, uh, almost, uh, five, almost 5%. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, Enough bad headlines. The whistleblower. Uh, and then whistleblower. To top it all off, the, the site goes down all day. Can you believe that? What is the chances of that happening? I don't know. You, you know what, Joel? That's what literally everybody was saying yesterday. What are the what are the odds? What are the odds that the day after the whistleblower goes on sixty minutes? Maybe the whistleblower put a rig in the system, like rigged the system somehow. I'm not going to pretend. News. I'm not going to pretend to be like a <laughs> a, 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 a network engineer expert. Uh, but it, 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 if anything, it just reveals, and we see this every time, because it wasn't just Facebook yesterday. There were some outages elsewhere as well, YouTube, Twitter, um, how fragile our internet is. So apparently what happened is, like, uh, I guess Facebook's uh, DNS got reconfigured and, and they got locked out. And because all of their internal controls run on their own network, they couldn't. They got locked out and they couldn't get back in, is basically what is how it was explained uh, her, how I saw it explained. I can't well, believe the stock wasn't down a hundred bucks. I mean, it did. I mean, and they it, hit fastly every time anything goes I mean, down. <laughs> fastly gets smacked. It's got to be fastly when the internet goes down. It's fastly. Fastly gets spanked too. I still have a little piece of fastly. I guess I should have sold it all. Internet goes down. They spank the stock. And, and Akamai too, right? 
Did Akamai get hit too? Oh my goodness, that Akamai shirt. That's an ugly one too. When did all these charts turn so ugly? I mean, a few weeks ago, you were like, okay, there's some ugly charts. Now it's like every single stock I bring up, like Walmart. Have you looked at Walmart lately, Joel? It had that. It had that Walmart's ma- been getting spanked. It had that major, uh, where was that major support? 142. Why did someone kick me aside the head when we took out 142? I mean, yeah, I remember looking at that and saying, well, if I can't look at all those red candles, too. I don't know. Holiday season? Is it too early to start talking about Christmas season? And no, it's too early. I mentioned it three weeks ago. And then you all were like, it was supply chain issues. Yes, Wal- I said Walmart that is going to have supply chain issues. I said that they won't be buying the Walmart. No. Yeah, everybody will buy everything, and then the supply chain issues coming. So you got to do your early Christmas shop. Spencer's already warned us. He's been warning I us for the last weeks month. Ago, and you all know he's I... been early. Spencer already did all his Christmas shop. No, I didn't. He's done, <laughs> no, and he's good to go. Do I didn't do anything. Where was I? I was somewhere. I can't remember what store. And there was a lot of empty shelves. And I'm like, are you not carrying this stuff anymore? Or is there supply chain issues? And uh, they said supply chain issues. I think it was Walgreens. I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't and, know. And then, to, and, and then because you've got supply chain issues, it's just a great excuse to raise to prices. So prices. we have one of my followers, Chris, on Twitter. He works at Frito-Lay. And he said, just today, they raised the price of all the popular chips by $1 a bag. Mm-hmm. What size so, bag? I know. Must I hope it's the big one because that's yeah. a pretty good inflation right there. You go that three dollar bag to four dollars. He said by almost by about one dollar. So I mean, inflation coming to Frito Lay as well. Everywhere those potatoes are getting expensive. What's your favorite potato chip? All dressed. All of them. All dressed, no doubt. All dressed is awesome. Wait, I don't know what that all is. All dressed? Is that a Canadian? You don't chip? have all dressed in the states. You uh, guys don't have poutine. You don't have all dressed chips. You guys don't know what you're missing. No, I don't think we do. And your beer is only four percent, and ours is five percent. It's so much more fun in Canada. How, how do you how do you spell that? <laughs> you haven't had all dressed chips. That's like a- everything goes on them. All, all it's it's the word all a l l space dressed like I dress up d r e s s e d. There's no all dressed chips in the you states. Put, it has you to put, be. Chad, got- is there all dressed? Or Spencer, yes, they have all dressed. They're saying we all have all dressed in Idaho. They all are eating all dressed chips in Idaho. Some people and oh, in Ohio as well. Yeah, figures Ohio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, should we, should we go to Pepsi. Should we go to Pepsi earnings? Talk Let's about. go to Pepsi. All Come right, on. all right. Pepsi earnings this morning. Uh, I, I thought I thought maybe they maybe they would blame. Uh, labor costs, supply chain. Now they had a pretty good quarter as far as the estimates are concerned. The uh, EPS a buck seventy nine versus a dollar seventy three cent estimate. Sales of twenty point one nine versus nineteen point three nine billion dollars. So a beat in the beat. They also raised their organic revenue growth guidance from six percent to eight percent for the year. And Frito Lay just continues to just print money, basically, which is their top. What happened on the close? Well, they raised prices by a buck a bag of chips, so the earnings are going to go up for next year too. That's a lot. They they if they're raising by a buck a bag at Frito Lay, they're making some extra money in there. They there's no way the potatoes went up thirty percent. Uh, did they? I don't. Did, 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 I don't know. <laughs> did raw potatoes go up thirty percent? I I'm calling BS on the Pepsi just taking advantage of this to raise prices. 
Well, good for Pepsi shareholders. Though. It's okay, Dennis. It's transitory. It's all transitory. They'll bring those bags of chips back down because you know in the grocery store the prices always go back down after they go up. You know that. So everything's transitory. So just because labor costs go up, you know when you know your labor costs go up from fifteen dollars to twenty dollars on your trades, you know they're gonna come back to fifteen eventually because everybody likes to take a pay cut. Yeah, transitory. What happened on the close, Dennis? Was there uh, in Pepsi? Was there a bit? Is that are those bad prints? Is that? Yeah, I see the bar you're looking at the 153. I'd have to actually go dig into the consolidated tape, and that would take me more than a minute. I'm way too lazy. So I I can see at 1557, you're seeing a trade up to 153. You want me to go dig into the tape? No, 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 no. no. Let's see if I can do it fast. I go to the CT. I wonder if just something came out on the, you know, like it came out. I think out it's early. probably just FINRA bad print. Okay. We're going to find out right now. Go, but keep talking. Bump 152. I, I don't see much at 152. Uh, at these three highs in the same area. That's my focus for today. It's like one, what it was even yesterday's high. We're not trading above. So let's look, let's keep a close eye. Yesterday's high, we're trading at 51.55. Uh, yesterday's high 53. I don't know how they got that 53. They got it in on the close. You, you want to know what the 53? So yeah. this was an actual print and okay. You want to get all market structure? Yeah, I do. Okay. So trade through rule. So they all traded on NS and on NASDAQ. Every single one of those prints was on NASDAQ on no other exchange. The fun trade through rule which I believe is Rule 611, it's early. I think it's real SEC Rule 611 from Reg NMS. Allow, only protects the top of the book. So I'm going to blow your mind here right now. But if you route an order to NASDAQ, just or to any other to any exchange, it's not a smart order, so it's not going to sweep out all exchanges. It's just going to be routed to NASDAQ, the primary exchange. If the offer is 151.50 on like ARCA, NASDAQ has to route to the best offer. After that, they can take the order back to their exchange and execute. So they only have to execute the best offer, which is the national best offer. They only have to execute that. They don't have to execute. If you're 151.50 on ARCA and somebody's 151.55 on ARCA, the 151.55 on ARCA doesn't necessarily have to print because it's not a protected quote. So they can actually take the order to 15150 they have to do that because it's a protected quote and they can route around the offer at 15155 oh. and go all the way up to 150 and that's exactly what happened here 15150 15180 152 all the way up to 153 taking out their own book so the person who's offering at 15155 doesn't get executed even though the stock traded 153 that's your reg nms it only protects the top of the book now it's probably router error. Like who's going to route an order that doesn't sweep out all the liquidity, but they can do that. If you say like an, an area markets, if you can, you can route around those orders. And in some cases that happens. So if you're just routing it direct to NASDAQ, even it could be an ISO, it could be a lot of different things getting market structure on you here, but that is possible. And in this case, probable, because wow. I would guarantee you there's a lot more liquidity because when I see them all on NASDAQ, there would have been a lot of liquidity on the other 13 exchanges but it all just traded out there. So holes in the market structure all over the place, only the top of the book is protected. So you can, you just, you can, you can just skip around certain orders. Yep, yep, huh. that's the way it goes. But you know what, for the most part, the, the, the smart order routers that your brokers are pretty smart now, so they will usually take out all the liquidity. 
this is sometimes, you know, maybe like I can route direct. So, you know, and, and obviously, you know, and there's this order called intermarket sweep order where, you know, there's a lag and I want to get this going to get too much on you, but there's orders that can actually route around. And if you just route it to NASDAQ, you know, straight up, I don't want to, you know, reroute. I don't want to pay the, you know, the fee to go out to the other exchanges. You can keep it right on the same exchange. Now, again, most of your retail brokers, so don't worry, this normally shouldn't happen to you at your retail broker because they're going to be using smart routers that are going to be routing to all the exchanges. But if NASDAQ receives an order to buy like 10,000 shares, they only have to take the pot top of the order and it's just to NASDAQ. It's routed to them. Do not ship, you know, or if in, and then they can route around the rest of it. So it's messed up, but that's the market structure. That's fra- market fragmentation at its best right there. When you have people getting tr- transacted at 153 and there's an offer in the book at 151 and a half. So only the wow. top of the book is protected. I've argued before, I've actually wrote a comment letter to the regulators to have depth of book protection, but it gets tricky. When you're starting to get depth of book protection, it, it, it's a hard thing to you know accomplish because some people want to get rid of, there's been arguments to get rid of the top of book protection too. And then you could just print stocks anywhere. So I don't know about that, but they say that the smart, you know, the the retail broker and the brokers that are routing are supposed to be smart enough that they take out all the liquidity. But in this case, in this instance with Pepsi, this actually traded, it was just routed around some of the other liquidity on the other exchanges. All right. So we'll use, uh, I mean, the 153, I mean, it's showing up as a, you know, it's a real print. It traded there, but very light volume, Joel, like 108 shares, 145, 150. Um, and then, you know, you can see a 151.30 was probably 2606, uh, 2,606 shares traded there. So I can see it looks like about five, 6,000 shares total you know, would have taken it up there. So it was a sizable order, but it, it, it was right back down. So in the very next second, it was trading back down at 150 and a half. So that's how quickly, you know, it routed around it. And some of those offers never moved. And anybody who got filled at 152 and a half would immediately come and lift the 150.10 and pick it up, you know, a quick $2.90. But the market fragmentation, you know, messes up the market too. So we've, we're so fragmented now. Um, you do see stuff like this happen from time to time. Huh. All right. Throw, th- throwing out that in-depth discussion, which I like very much. Uh, someone said 152. I mean, it's plain as day here in the 15 minute chart and you're trading 90 cents away from that level. So first things first, I'm not that 153. I'm just going to put that out of my mind because I, I don't know. It's just it's not real. So I'm saying one feet. You got to get to 152 here or this thing. If it rolls over, you just have to hold the pair of lows right here. We got more downside in Pepsi. So 152 get through on the upside, continued rally. You bust through 149.50, and this becomes a broken chart. That's my look at Pepsi. How's Coke? Is Coke moving? Yeah, I hard to say because the whole market's higher. But but yes, Coke is Coke 52.50. There it is. The rot. There's Warren at 52.50. You, <laughs> 52.50 to 53.50, and you closed at 53 right in the middle. So keep some important levels here hanging out here a long time. Pepsi needs to clear that 53.50 and look out below below 52.50. I want to go back to something that Dennis said earlier. He was surprised at, like, when did all these charts become uh, uh, crappy? Honestly, if, if you go back and look just the last four weeks, most every stock in the U.S. is down, unless it's oil or regional banks, basically. Um, everything else is down. 
in the last month. I, it's been a while since 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 we've seen the broad weakness. It's, like this. It was a down month. It's a yeah. Yes, we're, 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 I can't say we're, we're in a bear market because we're never in a bear market. But you know, there's rotating. I'm just. It just feels like the paper, the big papers on the sell side. Maybe they're nibbling on the dips and everything, but it just seems like they're. And I wish we get. Jonathan Corpina on again. You know, I asked him, you know, when you go out with the big sell order, you know, do you have a big buy order in the other hand? You know, like, hey, we're going to sell this, but we're going to buy this. And now it just seems like, well, we're going to sell and uh, we're going to go into the TLT at 1.5%. I don't know. That's just just, just what it feels like. But at the levels. Like we, we've said for a while, and this is why I've carried a lot of cash. I've been carrying a lot of cash, we know, for six months because I just don't see anything of value. This is in the long-term portfolio. My trading capital is always working. But in the long-term portfolio, I just don't see anything Nothing's... I want to invest in. It's been it's been tough. There's just not that much as cheap. And, you know, and what you buy that's cheap seems to get cheaper. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not just, you know, and, you know, part of me thinks, oh, yeah, I should run into gold and silver because, you no. know, if you think inflation's coming, that, you know, would be the normal trade. But I'll tell you, it hasn't been working. So if it, if gold wasn't going up for the last two months when we've been talking about inflation, what's the catalyst to drive it now? Unless everybody's the Johnny come lately on that trade. But I thought about it even the last couple of days was like, I don't have any gold. I'm like, should I buy some gold? I'm like, it's, you know, if you think an inflation's coming, you'd think that's the natural hedge, but it hasn't been. A question from JB. Dennis, how often do you average down? I assume he's talking about – actually, I don't know what he's talking about. If Not he's, very. In my trading account, never. Okay. So in my trading, almost never. So I don't like buy on, you know, going for a trade and then buy more and buy more. In my long-term investing account, sometimes. But I've got to like – you know, on Fisker, I will probably average down on this because I think it's a pretty good story and I'm not in a full-size position on it. So um, I did average down on General Motors because I believed in the story and it had come down enough that I was like, I just felt value. But for the most part, and this is the long-term portfolio, I don't like averaging down. I, I think, you know, if your thesis isn't playing out the way you thought it was going to play out, then you're adding to that loser. And, you know, you just might be wrong. I mean, we're not right all the time. We can ha- come up with a theory you know, on why we think this stock is going to go up or this stock is going to go up. But at the end, if the market starts going, if the stock starts going down on you, your theory is in all likelihood wrong or your timing is bad. So, I mean, averaging down is like adding to, you know, something that you weren't right on. So I'd, I'd rather be right. I'd almost rather add to the winner, but I rarely add to trades. I'm usually in or I'm out. Like I've used that Mr. Miyagi, cross the road, you know, chicken cross the road, cross the road or don't cross the road, don't sit in the middle and get hit by the car. We we have seen on the occasions when Dennis puts in a half position, and he's usually loses. Wrong. Money. I'm usually wrong because I'm not convicted. It's yeah. like I kind of want to own it, I kind of don't, you know. So I'm like, I'll just do half, and that's almost always wrong. The ones that I, the, my best trades are the ones I go all in. And I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, I'm believing in this. I think it's solid, and you know, and, and sometimes you're wrong on those too. I mean, in this in this trading business. You're going to be wrong a lot of times. And the whole key to success is to identify when you're wrong and get out of those trades very, very quickly. And how do you know when you're wrong? You start losing money. Cut those losers. Cut those losers. Cut those losers. Write that on a little sticky note on your computer, on your trades. Cut those losers. You'll stay in the game a long time. Yeah, it's good. So work. I, that's why I don't average down. I'm usually selling. 
and and cutting the loser. Some it's like DraftKings. I was dead wrong. I thought it might stop and pause out the one at the fifty one. Started cutting through it. Okay, I lose fifty cents or a dollar. I think I lost when I'm out. And the thing went down another three, four dollars after that. You know, and it's down two dollars from where I sold it. Now maybe it comes back. A lot of them do come back. And people are like if I hold long enough, it'll come back. But what if it doesn't? What if you're in that one trade that's not going to come back? That's where you're. That's where you wrote your not only your trading capital but your mental capital because that'll be weighing on you. So they're, I don't like a- averaging down. Man, their discounts that they're offering now, I mean, are just like unbelievable. Like, on what stock? Wait, who top uh, no, like the like I thought I heard DraftKings like make your first bet up to five thousand dollars and get your money back. I thought I heard something like that. I mean, I they're know. just they're offering. I don't know. They're offering discounts. I hope, hope everyone's just you know took the Chargers last night. I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's tough, man. They don't they didn't build those nice hotels in Vegas, you know, by uh, people being right. So uh, it's hard enough picking so, outright games. So, something to you know. think about though now though is like if you've been waiting for like a tech wreck, for example, we've gotten yeah. we've gotten that. Like at what point, Dennis and Joel, do you come in here and say? Oh, Amazon is actually almost flat for the year. I'll, I'll take a flyer on Amazon. You know, it's flat for the year almost, right? Yeah, but again, I like to buy them when they start to round or they stop going down. And you can look at Amazon, and it's a great shirt, Spencer, to look at because you're at this hardcore triple bottom I'm looking at from June, August, and now September. And what I'm looking at is we bottomed right there in June around 3172. In August, we got to thirty-one seventy-five on a three thousand dollars stock. You're never going to get better than that. And then yesterday, thirty-one seventy-six. I hadn't looked at the Amazon chart yesterday, but wow, that is a perfect triple bottom. And I say there's no such thing as a triple bottom. Eventually, it takes it out. Um, you know, in some cases, I know there's triple bottoms because I've seen bottoms six, seven, eight times on different stocks. I own Amazon, my long-term portfolio. If I didn't own any Amazon, would I add some to it? Maybe if I had a boatload of cash and I was looking for something, but there's this stock is not enough. It's just sitting here. It's had a big move. It's not cheap. I mean, Amazon is, you know, I bought Amazon, you know, right before, you know, right during the COVID crisis is 2200. I bought a double sized position. I bought half for a trade and half for a long term investment. I sold the trade portion and I kept the long term investment portion of it. Um, So I'm averaging 2200, which isn't even, you know, Amazon's not a cheap stock. But the growth is there. The company's not going away. Do I eventually think Amazon makes new all-time highs? Yeah, I think so. But I'll tell you, right now, I still feel like right now is still a time to be protecting your capital. I might be wrong about that. But I'm, I'm, I haven't really deployed a lot of that 40% cash that I've got. I think I'm down to about 37. So I might have deployed 2 or 3%. I still have quite a bit of cash. And like I said, so a lot of this is in my, like, it's called your RRSP in Canada, which is like your IRAs. Its only job is to invest in the markets, really. You know, it's its only job. And when I'm sitting in 35, 40% cash there, it's not like I need this cash to go build my house. I'm literally like, sitting in cash because I think the market, I'm going to get the stocks cheaper. So my whole, you know, if I'm all in, my RSP should be a hundred percent invested because obviously, you know, that's, you know, I'm, I'm going to retire with that. But when I'm sitting with 35, 40% cash and I think everything's expensive. So I'm just not jumping all over stocks right now. I mean, you can lean on this recent low of the move, right? Uh, sure. You got a good area, so you're really not risking much. It, you know, but you got to you got to get out if it doesn't hold. <laughs> right. That's what people don't do. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, they'll lean on that area. You know, this is to your typical trader. They'll lean on this and say, okay, I think it's going to hold. And then it'll open down 70 bucks at 3,100. And they're like, well, I wasn't planning on losing $70. So I can't sell now because I'm down way more than what I wanted to lose. And then it all of a sudden starts eroding. And then you got a problem on your hands. That's how it usually goes. So, I mean, you can lean on anything, put on any trade, Joel. Sorry to take this away from me. I just want to use it as a educational tool. Um, But, I mean, you can lean on anything. Just make sure if you're leaning on a level and it goes, you get the hell out. When's it? When's Amazon earnings? I know they're coming uh, up probably, a couple. Probably in two weeks. Well, let me confirm it for you right now. Okay. Because what I would say is, you know, let you know, let this move, you know, fared out. If if you don't want to risk the 20, 30 points here, and then you know, let it have, you know, if it doesn't hold this, let's say it holds this area and then bumps up and gets some support above it. You know, maybe look at it, see see how they treated, you know, the earnings. Because what we've had in historical precedence is even stocks, I mean, even this is not in a total uptrend, is they, you know, they tend to trend higher into reports. And uh, we'll see if see if people are anticipating another good report. So wouldn't want to short it in the hold down here. And if I wanted to... Uh, I've been looking at this for a long time and I missed the breakout. I was going to buy it above 3,500. I missed that breakout. And then I've just kind of been playing chicken with it. And I was hoping to, you know, get it closer to 3,000. And a couple of times it came down to that area and bounced. So here, here's another chance, but it's not quite 3,000 yet. Yeah. Oh, so Amazon has not confirmed, but they, they typically report the last week of October. Nope. Uh, my point was like, look, how Amazon's down eight percent in the last month apple's down almost ten percent right microsoft six google almost seven um how many times have you been able to say that not many not in the last couple of years right right well, well it, you got to go back obviously to march to 2020 I, where everything's yeah. down yeah, yeah. but in the last year and a half there's not these many opportunities and i mean people look at this and you know that have started investing the last year year and a half say how can i lose i mean this is you know when stocks were down eight ten percent they always come back they, they and, and a lot of them do, but some of them don't. So I just say, though, I still am like when I'm putting them something my long term, you know, long term account. I again, as a trade, I don't care. I don't even look at fundamentals on a trade day trade. Don't care. You know, it's a headline, cool headline. I think it's going to run on it. You know, I think, you know, it's an upgrade. And I think that's a catalyst. Maybe I'm going to buy it, but or maybe I'm going to sell it if I think it's overdone. But as a long term investment, I always kind of look at the valuation just because. When I was investing in like 1997 and 1998, 1999, I didn't really look at valuation. I looked at momentum, a lot of what people are looking at today. And then in 2000, I realized like I bought a lot of tech stocks and the NASDAQ went from 5,100 to 1,100. And I watched my long-term retirement account, whatever I had at that time. I was only 24 years old. But I watched all those long-term stocks fall like 70, 80, 90%. And I was like, I'll never pay 50 times earnings for a stock ever again. And I've stuck to that. I don't. And I mean, I don't get, you know, this is not trading. I like trading completely separate. I trade Tesla every single day. You know, I'm in and out of it. But it won't go into my retirement account, Tesla, because I just cannot pay those valuations. So, I mean, eventually, I always think valuation catches up with stocks if you hold long enough. I I, I bet you Ryan Dietrich has good thoughts on this. He's a chief at LPL Financial. Let's get Ryan on here. I bet you he's got good thoughts. Ryan, good morning, sir. Good morning, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I don't know if I have good thoughts, but I've got some thoughts. We'll see what happens here. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. Uh, I guess we'll start with um, what we've been talking about is just the, the the weakness in in most sectors uh right. the market in the last month and we've gotten the pullback that we a lot of people were waiting for we've gotten that so what are you feeling right now as far as where we're at yeah let me see if i can get my screen share here to go i think i might i think i might here we go you guys see that okay yeah, I, see, I see that perfect all right so Looking you know at- let's just you know, as, as a market strategist at a, one of the largest broker dealers in the country with more 19,000 advisors, I mean, I know, you know, Dennis talking about day trading. We don't, we don't quite day trade. Um, you know, taking a bigger perspective look, I mean, we just had the fastest double ever, right? I mean, I know we know this, right? But just put it in perspective there, you know, it took mm. less than eight, I think, was it 15 months, I think, to double. Previous fastest was over two years off the 2009 wow. low. So, our take is this. I've gone with you guys for a while, right? Saying, listen, we're bullish. It's a major structural bull market. I absolutely still think that. We still think that. But we've been pretty spoiled, right? Up seven months yep. in a row on the S&P 500. And you got to say to yourself, well, eventually, I guess we're going to go lower. So let me, I know I've got that. Let me, I'm just going to bounce around, guys. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Seven months in a row win streaks. Okay. We're showing it right here. And it's over, right? We, we had the 4.8% drop in September. Can't go up every month, apparently. But look at what happens next. I mean, you know, okay, three months later, one month later. But look at six months later to a year later. Some pretty solid returns. That's six months later, guys, up 13 out of 14 times on the S&P after a seven-month win streak. So it just makes sense to have a little consolidation, some, some, you know, like what we're talking about here, you know, October can be literally the most volatile month of the year with more 1% and 2% moves than any other month. I've said it like this, October is misunderstood, though. We all think about crashes. Well, you know, hey, the last 20 years is the fourth, be- fourth best month, the last 10 years, fourth best month. So we're not we're not just saying everything's going to go straight up here, believe me. But this structural bull market's alive and well, and we would use any pullbacks. We don't think it's going to be much more than 8% pullback. We've been saying for a while, 5 to 8. Well, we're right at 5, right? And um, you know, we need a little bit more in the models that we run for our advisors. We are looking to absolutely add to equities over um, bonds. And we're sticking with that cyclical value theme that I've talked to you guys a while about. Obviously, it struggled for, for a minute there. Um, but lately, my oh my, crude breaking out and 10-year and all those things, the cyclical values look to us like a repeat of last year with small caps and cyclical value leading in the fourth quarter. We think we could see that again this year. I think the point you're making, when you're this strong and you get a little small period of weakness, that strength just doesn't de- dis- dissipate into Go thin away. air just suddenly you know it seems like in the in the, in the past and 13 out of 14 times is a strength you get a month yep. or two of weakness and then the strength continues because there's still all this built up by the dip mentality yep. of got to be invested in the markets markets only go higher you can't break that that easy that doesn't break easily and just because we went down six seven percent on a few key names doesn't mean that that whole by the dip mentality is broken 
No, absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, Dennis, like going back in history. And I don't know if you guys have talked about this too much, but, you know, 2013 and this year, what Mark Twain say? History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. I mean, I, use that. Shot- I use that from you. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 use that. I, I, I was trying I, to I, give you credit for it. Like Ryan Dietrich comes on the yeah. show. I love that yeah. saying. I mean, what, what, what Mark Twain also said, be careful of all the quotes you read on the Internet. I think Mark Twain <laughs> yeah. said that one, too. But, but <laughs> nonetheless, um, you know, debt ceilings and, and shutdowns and, oh, by the way, tapering. I mean, you look at the headlines, guys, and Literally, you can change the date, but let's think back to 2013. If those of us that were around during that year, you know, the set you had a really good start to the year, and then the, the summer volatility, little pullback, I think a 5.8% correction. By the way, we were going to war with Syria back in 2013. Now, we didn't, thank God, but you know, that was in the headlines. Afghanistan's in the headlines this year, just a lot of similarities, and again. Sample size of one, so our statistic teachers would hate us for pointing this out. But still, what happened late in 2013, you see it on your screen there, stocks resolved higher. And that's, again, the case that we think we could be in. Now, where's, I've got one here. You mentioned how stocks are down a lot or up a lot. I mean, here's small caps, right? And I know you guys know this. I mean, listeners know this. Small caps are going nowhere, like literally nowhere for, for four or five months here after yeah. the 25% record fourth quarter last year. Our stance all year has been small caps are simply consolidated validating those record gains in the fourth quarter of last year. And now you look at market breadth and things. I mean, all of a sudden it's turning positive. Why? Because small caps are taking that baton a little bit. And we like that. We think small caps break out of this range. And that's an area that we'll say two quarters or so. that You can probably get some alpha, some outperformance in your uh, portfolios. Ryan, could you go back to that one screen where you were showing, you know? Yeah. Okay. So when you're looking at these different dates here, Mm -hmm. how can you differentiate in, in any of those time periods that the market had like doubled? Well, I guess you'd have to say no. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's the truth. I mean, the, the double we had off the 2009 lows, we had a seven month win streak, I guess you could say, coming off of, okay. you know, the 2009 lows. But but again, that's that's why, you know, every time is different. Really, we've never seen quite a situation clearly like this one. Okay. That's why we're still bullish, but maybe we don't quite get 8% return in the next six months. Okay. All right, that was my yeah. only question, you know, because you, 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 it's kind of tying the two things to, that you, you know, that you said together, and um, so that's that's in there. All right. right, what other, what other, what else? Well, this is another cool one, just big picture stuff. I mean, I know I say this and people's heads explode. It's a relatively young bull market. I mean, this bull market, you know, it's just oh, you know, eighteen months old approximately. You guys see here, previous bull markets last how long? About five years on average. And I've used this one before and heard me say this one, but there's a statistician put his head in a bucket of ice, his feet in the oven. They said, how do you feel? He goes, well, on average, I feel pretty good. So there's no such thing as average, <laughs> but still, you can use that one. I use that one a lot too, that and Mark Twain. Anyway, you, so, you know, could we go five years in this bull market? Who knows? Of course, nobody knows. But I guess the key concept we're pointing out here, these bull markets go a while. This is a young economic cycle of growth. This is a young bull market. <laughs> or I do for a little, con- decon- uh, you know, little stomach problems, congestion here. But still, big picture, it makes sense to us that there's still a lot of time left to this structural bull market. All right, Ryan, I, I, I could not help but notice that okay. you are referencing in all of these uh, charts and tables the S&P 500. True. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that index knowing it is so concentrated in the same in, in the Good top question. five? Good Spencer. Boom. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, historically, that's that's a good point. Um 
we're still just big picture going to use it. I mean, you, you can overlay the Dow and the S&P 500. And honestly, if you hold it for five or 10 years in either one of them, you get about the same return. Um, you know, the Wilshire 5000, similar thing, I guess, for us in the world I live in, the S&P is the easiest one to describe. So I can't disagree with you. But then again, I guess I, I also just say, well, you know, you look at something again like small caps, which have gone sideways forever. So it's not like everything's gone up. I mean, energy. I know you guys talk about energy a lot. And, you know, it's, it's a group we've liked for a while. Only 3% of the S&P. Here's, a, here's one for you. So last week, what happened, right? Everything got killed except energy. Last month, what happened? Energy was the only sector higher last month for the first time in 30 years. So, but it makes up less than 3% of the S&P 500. So clearly, if energy made up more, the market wouldn't get killed like it did. Then again, it wouldn't be up as much as it's been because tech has done so well in the big group. So I don't know if I'm answering this for you, but I think it's unique to see some of the small beaten up areas like energy that could have a really long way to go, honestly, as they make up still such a small part. I said back in September of last year when they kicked Exxon out of the Dow after like 100 years, I said that's probably one of the most contrarian buy signals for energy we've ever seen. And here we are a year later, and clearly that's looking pretty good. I mean, you know, I, I always say when everyone's on one side of the boat, and it gets rocky. You go the other way. That's what happened when they kicked Exxon out. And look who's led the last year. Energy. Kind of funny how that works time after time again. Ryan, isn't there some stats? And you're the stats guy. And I'm going to throw you under the bus here. But isn't there some stats showing that when stocks go out of the Dow, they actually have a positive year the very next oh, year? Yeah. Isn't, isn't there some yeah. stats showing? I've, I've read that somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've looked into that. And it's true. And it, of course, it doesn't always work. We know that. But historically, yes, six to nine months after a company is added, it actually does worse than a company that was kicked out and why in the world is that because wow. well, you're getting addicts everybody loves you everything's great you get kicked out because things are bad but hey as, as as investors and traders what are we buying we're buying future earnings and expectations when expectations are lower so i can't jump the size i used to but hey i can jump over a low bar right <laughs> and uh you get that low bar it's easier to jump over what are you avoiding ryan what 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 it just yep. is like you know man i just i just can't i just can't even though there's pullbacks and mm -hmm. extended pullbacks what are you what are you saying no mas to is this what i'm supposed to talk about big 10 football what we're avoiding but no i, I hear you we, we have not liked honestly we, we said we like well, value. are you ready for a bold prediction Wait, 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 after wait, wait. this, after, no, let me give no, me no, five no, seconds. No, you don't no, throw I'm that gonna, in there, and then I know, okay, go ahead. I know, I know, I'm ready for it. Um, but anyway, you know the, the utilities, staples; those groups are making new relative lows again. We haven't liked those groups all year. So, from a trend following point of view and an early cycle still growth, we like the cyclical value side versus the old stodgy side of, of value, which again, those utilities and staples just haven't haven't done well. We're still avoiding those. Um, you know, gold's another one we're kind of just neutral on. Every time I look, gold's you know eighteen hundred bucks an ounce. I mean, a lot of those. <laughs> commodity you're breaking out. We know copper and nickel, zinc, you know, co cotton, but gold just still struggles. So those are areas we don't like quite as much. Bold prediction time. <laughs> All right, Joel, now you can go. We won't lose by as much. There we go. <laughs> All right. I don't know. It's home game, Ryan. It's a home game. I mean, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We got a tough game in Nebraska. They got that that yes. dual threat. They ran up like seven hundred yards. I mean, I I haven't I haven't done an in depth look. I'm just happy we got off the mat and mm -hmm. uh, hopefully make it a game. You know, instead of getting blown out in the first quarter. But uh, first things <laughs> yeah. first, we got to take care of Nebraska. And uh, mm -hmm. how about your buddy Urban Meyer? I mean, how's he doing down there in Jacksonville? Uh. Oh boy, he, he <laughs> hasn't had the best week for news. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, tough, uh, yeah. tough, tough. All right, Ryan, tough. you yeah. give us the best information, the best stats, the best attitude. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, we'll get you on again soon. Thank you very much. Anytime, guys. Thank you for having right. me. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Bye -bye. Whenever, whenever Ryan's on, he always shows us different variations of the same 
chart. The first chart that he showed showed the right hand column uh, was you know S and P five hundred performance like a year out of some event, whether that event is uh, a five percent drawdown or a presidential election or whatever. And whenever that event is, I've noticed this. Whenever he comes on, he always shows us this chart. The market is always higher. More time. Yeah, and he's oh, always bullish too. Yeah. I mean, you can't. He's been right. I mean, he's been. You know, he's got his stats, man, and he and yeah. he follows them. And you know, LPL. That I mean, that's that's a big firm, right? There's yep. a lot of money under LPL, and a lot of people are listening to Ryan Dietrich. And that stock, it's uh, is it LPL? Is that the symbol? No, that's not it. What's the uh, symbol? I don't, for LPL? I don't know if it's publicly traded. It's I think LPL. it is. Uh, is it? Uh, is LPL it LPL Financial? I feel like I should know. Maybe not. But I don't. Hmm. Okay. It's not. It's anyway. I'm not sure it's public. Yes, it is. LPLA. Yeah. It thank is, you. Eh? Yeah, Dennis. I, I, I know something you don't know. It's my birthday. I know it's a big company. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to let me uh, know something that sure. you don't, Dennis? For, sure. Is that my birthday present for you? LPLA. I'm adding it to my universe. Oh, and my it's God. It's a monster stock. Wow, it's a monster, too. Oh, we better get Ryan back on the line because if this thing breaks... I've never traded uh, Isn't that funny? And that's actually a financial. I'm adding it to the universe. Ah, uh, boy, oh, boy. Tell Ryan, get him back on the line. Tell him 156.50 better hold. Okay. Or else he better sell all his stock. It doesn't trade <laughs> It doesn't trade a ton of volume, Dennis. That's probably that bad. why it doesn't what's the, what's the average volume? I'd say half a million, uh, 600,000. Yeah, see, I'm usually most yeah, of my universe, I like over a million because I got to get in and out. So yeah. you got to be able to. But you know what? Financials are liquid. I'm probably at it. L-P-L-A. Trade it for Ryan. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, let's do some ticker time here. We got- Wait a second. What's TRY50? Is that some yeah. fake currency? <laughs> Gazi in the chat. I don't know what, T- what 50 TRI is, but thank you. It's, the, it's some kind of coin. For, oh, for, he's giving us money. Yes, I just don't know how much it, how much that is in dollars. We like <laughs> all think, money. We take thank everything. Thank you, uh, Gazi, uh, in in the chat uh, for that. We appreciate that. Uh, hey, drop your tickers in, and we will discuss um, for the next ten minutes or so. Oh, Ga- oh, Gazi says it's like four dollars. All right, Thanks, uh, well, yeah, that's right. You know, let's uh, put that Wait, in the game. Hey, that's is that's, that's a turkey cash food? money right there. We take it. Is that the Turkish lira? That's what Noah's saying. I don't know. Uh, oh, that's cool. Hey, how about been paid in Turkish lira? I, yeah. To 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 do a little sidetrack. What do you guys think about that price action in uh, Tesla yesterday? Well, the market. You know, like the here, market. here you got a stock that's got good news, and the market, you know, pissed in its pool for lack of a better better term. I mean, everything got hit yesterday. Obviously, GM and Ford had good news, or GM had good news too, and it got hit eventually too. And when the market's getting spanked like that, you've got so many arbitrators that are going to sell Tesla because it's part of the S&P. Okay. So, I mean, that's a big portion of it. Um, do I think the Tesla bull run is over? That trend is completely intact. You know, I, I've obviously, from a valuation perspective, I said it will not touch my long-term account. It touches my trading account every day. I was long Tesla overnight again. So, I mean, I'm in and out of Tesla all the time. It's a great vehicle to trade, but I'm doing the ETF ARP, so it's a big portion of it, so it's got to be. Um, I, I would just say... Who was on the show? Uh, or, or no, it was Guy Adami that was on CNBC. He thinks it could hit nine hundred bucks by the end of the year, um, which is you know near the all-time highs, which is nine hundred dollars and forty cents. It, it could if we go into a bull run. I mean, Tesla's gonna you know be one of the leaders here. I don't know what day valuation is gonna catch up with it. I think eventually it will, but I'll tell you right now, the trend is intact. Had good news. You never want to see a stock fade on good news like that, but it was a little bit of a victim market of the market. Dynamics. And what about Merck? 
Well, I said I would have sold Merck twice. <laughs> it's in the long-term account, but I said if it was on for a trade, it would be long gone. It was like my SunPower. So the SPWR on the S&P ad, I have SunPower in the long-term account, but I also had it on for a swing trade because I was leaning on all those lows. Got to add to the S&P, I sold the swing. I got out like 24. I didn't get the top. I think I got 24.90. Uh, but uh, I held the long-term shares because I don't want to realize the capital gain. And I think I like SunPower long-term. I kind of want that in there still. So I held those, but as a trade, I sell it. So if I had Merck on for a trade, I would sell. The name of the game, sell the rip. Good news, pops are getting sold. This isn't the environment where you're buying stocks on good news pops because it seems like they always give you another chance. You're in a little bit of a consolidation. You're in a little bit of a bear market. Um, not not in certain stocks you are anyways. So you have a lot of overhead supply, even in a stock like SunPower. So you get that, you know, one day stock goes up 10% because that out of the S&P. Look what it did, Joel, two days later. Give it all back in two days. What Didn't stock last. was that? SunPower, SPWR. Oh, I, I see it. Yeah. Um, Tickervolt, what is that he's paying us in? We got paid in a different uh, currency that's again. Good. Yeah, what is that? That's, I, I just 500, had... and it's a really weird-looking sign. You, you know it ain't worth much. It uh, worth, maybe it's worth more. What? Maybe Tickerbolt. Tickerbolt. He's, we, I, Don't I be I mean, Joel. Joel's being mean. Oh, I, I, I can be mean. It's my birthday. Uh, all right, fine. Uh, Thanks, Tickerbolt. We love you. Yeah, he wants to talk about it. He says it's a rupee. He says it's a rupee. So it's, uh, it's, we love rupees. Uh, oh, it's $7. Yeah. Oh, that's good. We'll Too take much bucks. He wants to know Baba. Bob. Okay, I will do Baba, but before I, I want to ask you one question, Dennis. And I know you don't like to sell things because you don't want to pay the taxes, right? Yes. Do you no, wish well, sometimes? You, okay. Do you wish you would have sold your biogen on that pop? I don't know if I'm even better off. I'm in biogen for like forty. You know how much tax you got to pay when you take a thousand percent gainer? Okay. That's like I give half of it away. So okay. I'm you give, I give, well, wait, you give it all away. You give half to Canada and half to the United States. Well, I, so. I give it all away. I, well, that's what Canada <laughs> would like anyway. So you, know, you pay the US okay. and then you gotta pay Canada too. But I, I you know, yeah, in hindsight capital's twenty twenty. You know, I didn't know a stock's gonna fall two hundred points from that, but it, it all depends on you know, why why okay. are you in it? Why are you in it? Okay. I all bought right. bio biogen was one of the first stocks that I bought. I think I've been been in biogen like fifteen Maybe okay. 17 okay. years, a long, long time I've been in Biogen. And wow. I believe my average cost basis is $44. So, yeah, it goes up to 450 and it's back to 278 I probably would have been better off to sell it. But, again, when you realize those big long-term capital gains, the one thing, and w w there was a quote I read the other day, and I don't know who said it. because Mark, so Mark, Twain. It was, Mark Twain. It was probably Mark Twain. <laughs> but or, or maybe it was Peter Lynch. We should have, Lynch uh, said a lot of good ones, too. But I said the way to... The biggest success for long building long-term wealth in the stock market is not to get spooked out of your good long-term stocks. And I believe it might have been Peter Lynch. And that is like what I try to do on some of these long-term stocks. And I get spooked out all the time. It's a trader in me. But you'll never get, you know, these these stocks that take over your portfolio, like, you know, Tesla for Jason Rasnick. You know, if you're always taking the 10% gain and taking the 10% gain. So I try in the longer term stuff to hold stuff longer. And just because something's looking bad, for the, I feel like it's going to pull back doesn't necessarily mean I should just turn around and sell it and realize, you know, a big you know capital gain and give away half of the money to the government because that's basically what you're doing. Unless it's inside your retirement, you know, fund, which, you know, then you can manage the, the gains a little bit differently. But it, it, it's difficult as a trader. You're always doing the balancing act. When you've got a long-term portfolio and you're a day trader, it's like the day trader in me wants to sell Biogen. 
the day trader in me wants to sell my Merc. But I'm like, you know, this, why did you buy Merc? Because you believed in, you know, the aging population and demographics. Mm-hmm. This is one of the key okay. pharmaceutical companies. Is that thesis still intact? I believe it is. Does Biogen eventually get an Alzheimer's drug that gets approved and gets some revenue from it? I believe they could. You know, and that's a lottery ticket for them. So, you know, was it worth 200 points that day? Obviously not. The market has given it all back. So Correct. it's all a balancing act. But as trades, I turn around and sell this stuff right away. As okay. long-term investments, you know, sometimes there is a time to sell and take a big gain. Other times, you know, sometimes you're, you're going to really regret taking that big gain because the small gain can turn into bigger ones. All right, S&Ps, uh, we're up a good 20 handles here. 1475, it stands as your pre-market high. We already had a nice range over a 40-point range. We've been, we're up to 70, 72, which is, I'm not exactly thrilled about that. I'd kind of like to see that come in. But when it's when it's up, it's up. And that's good. Up 20 and a quarter handles, 43, 11 and a quarter. All right, let's just do Baba. There's a few more from the chat that I want to get to. Yeah. Is today okay, so I did a poll on Baba yesterday. Uh, I did a poll, so we should go look at the results of my poll on Twitter. Yeah. Um, my poll was how where where do you think Baba is going to trade tomorrow? My options that I gave you for my poll were down one percent, down two percent, down three percent, down four percent. So I intentionally didn't give you any up options because Baba never goes up. Oh, it's not up again. Look at the markets up. But Baba's not up again. Every single day, Baba just goes down, whether it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or even a Saturday sometimes. Baba goes down every single day, it seems like. It will eventually get some life. This thing is all death right now. I own some Baba in the long-term account. It's dirt cheap, but it doesn't matter because we don't know where this business is going. We don't know if China's trying to kill it. So, you know, it's scary to be a long-term investor in Alibaba. And where is Jack Ma? I don't know. The down 4% won. 48.6% say it's going to fall 4% tomorrow. I had a few people just tweet at me and saying, I think it's going to go up tomorrow, but I didn't give that for an option because Baba never goes up. I will give you I'll give you uh, two answers to that. Uh, one, I, I really like the 130 area. I mean, you got to love that on a monthly chart, right? They, you know what I like to look at? So technically, you had lows at uh, 130.06, Also, 129.33. Also, I know there's a small gap back in from 2016 that I, or 2018-19 that I missed. And I remember I wanted to buy and had a big gap up. I'll have to go find that gap. So that either 130 or when Sean Udall tells me to buy it. All right, let's let's look at when. I, I don't want to get. I want to say one more thing about Alibaba. Fine. You are going to have a rip your face off rally here. I think coming in the next few days, you're going to see Alibaba, you know, go up like ten bucks in like two hours, and everybody's going to be like calling and saying, "Well, the media is going to be calling me and saying, what's going on with Alibaba? What's the headline here?'" Call Dennis. This thing is so it's so oversold. It's been so easy for the shorts. It's eventually going to get a nice pop. Um, but where that happens from, I don't know. I think in the next three to four day trading days, it's going to have like a 10 point ripper, you know, in the matter of a few minutes, like in the matter of like 20 minutes or an hour, it's going to be like, wow, you know, it's boom. And it might be a catalyst. Maybe it's a headline. Maybe it's an upgrade. Maybe it's no catalyst at all. The thing is really, really oversold. I have no trading position on Alibaba. I just have the long-term half size position, which I'm intending to hold. So I can basically freely talk about it. But I do think eventually Alibaba is going to get a nice little rip. But 
joking jokes aside, this thing just seems to go down every day. It's ridiculously out of favor and ridiculously oversold. What's going to happen is, or what may happen, never know exactly what's going to happen. But if you see this thing strong late in the day, then I would take I, the, a few times when I was looking at it and it would be down ridiculous and then would come up off that low and then it would you know have a strong hour and then all of a sudden people are mysteriously buying it in the pre-market and after hours and then they come in and it's up seven bucks you know something uh, I like think that. I think that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, but, but I don't know. Like people have been banking be on that happening at one sixty and one, and it's had you know, those moves, Joel. We have seen that happen. Yeah, I mean, there's been some 10, 20 point rallies in this thing in this horrible downtrend. But holy mackerel, people are just flying out of this name. Eventually, if you think you know Alibaba is not going to continue to be attacked by the Chinese government, it's cheap. It's really cheap. But I don't know. I don't know what that. That's why I don't add to the position because I don't know that. CCP unknown. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm going to go over to pre-market prop, pre-market prep plus, and uh, cover a lot of these symbols that we missed. Got a good crowd over there, so join us. And uh, Spencer, uh, I'll talk to you. The, uh, yeah, yeah, little, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll text you about at the close today. Triple oh, really? D, go ahead. Have a good birthday, Joel. Okay, have a good yeah, birthday, Joel. I, just, uh, I'm not, I haven't started celebrating yet, so okay. Dennis, real fast before we go, can I get your thoughts on Win here? Because it's been a second since we looked at the casinos, yeah. and Win and Win is yeah. I don't, I'm not. I don't every want to time it wants to start getting going, it gets a candle like yesterday, and you think, okay, here we go again. You know, here's you know the yeah. little relief rally, and then it's going to start to sell off. I have the small size position in the Las Vegas Sands, which basically tracks Win very, very closely. Those two charts, you put them on top of each other, they virtually look identical. Sure. Paris trade. I trade these two stocks against each other all the time. Um, I've tried to buy win in the long-term portfolio a couple times. And even in the swing trade, not, not in the long-term portfolio, because I probably would hold on to it. I've been trying to buy it in the swing trade portfolio a couple times. I get stopped out. I've been, you know, trying to be the hero and call the bottom. It just doesn't want to stop going down. I think win is cheap. I think Las Vegas Sands is cheap. I think there's a reopening trade here eventually happening. I kind of like these stocks here, but again, you run into the system, you know, situation where, you know, with the last last thing was China again. You know, was an issue here with La- Las Vegas Sands and Win. So, I mean, it seems like anything that's in the China crosshairs just stays out of favor for a lot longer than you think it can. So, I, I don't know. I, part of me wants to come in and buy Win today at eighty four dollars because I think if I'm looking out twelve months from now, I think it's higher. But there's just such an ugly downtrend here, and it just seems like the news flow just continues to be negative. I think eventually it does turn around, though. But on the plus side, I mean, that chart could look a lot worse. By the way, look at that correlation. It looks pretty ugly. Las Vegas, Sands, and Wayne is moves with the correlation of, like, one. It is. Oh, it, it, it's it's a great pair of trade. Yeah. So, like, I see Wynn blast off, I grab Las Vegas, Sands. Or if I see Las Vegas, Sands blast off, I grab Wynn. And the others, too. If I see Wynn tech, I short Las Vegas, Sands right away. I mean, yep. you got you, you only you don't very long because the algos are all over it, too. But. No, there is some good pairs trading and win in Las Vegas Sands. I mean, this is what we're going to talk about on, you know, on October 16th is these types of trades. I'm going to get into pairs trading. Win Las Vegas Sands, I'm sure it'll be an example that I've got in there. But, you know, I have like my whole core group of pairs, you know, and we do piston trading, which is something terminology was which was created, I believe, from Don Bright. 
piston trading is, you know, like because there's more than one stock. So when you got like six, like a group of banks, we piston trade them against each other where one's going up, one's going down. You're buying the weaker one, selling the stronger one. And they tend to go like that. I mean, there's so many different edges when you start getting into relationships and then you take the market, you know, the market effects kind of come out of it to a certain extent, because you know what? You get a headline that comes bad for the casinos. Well, if you're winning Las Vegas Sands in there, unless it's specific to those companies, I mean, those stocks tend to track each other very closely. It doesn't work. Nothing works 100% of the time. Sometimes you'll get one headline. You know, sometimes you'll get an analyst that'll come out and upgrade one stock and downgrade the other in the sector. And that, if you've gone on the wrong way, that can be an ugly day for you. But there's a lot of opportunities that people don't utilize in, in using relationships to trade. Great point. Great point. All right, Dennis, have a good rest of your day. Uh, I'll talk to you. Uh, I do want to, before I hop off here, give props to the guys on the Benzinga Pro News Desk this morning because they had a couple breaking headlines that gave you trading opportunities. So I'm going to bring up my Benzinga Pro News feed here right now. Look at the first one on the bottom here. Ticker ANVS, Novus Bio, announced positive phase two data this morning. Uh, reporting statistically significant improvements in speed and motor function in patients with Parkinson's disease. We have the headline at 7.50. Let's go to the chart, 7.50 a.m. Let's go to a, a one minute. Okay, boom, that green candle, 7.51. We went from wh- whatever we got at, at the close was 30. Got as high, how high this morning? 30, we went up, went up $7 today, this morning, on that headline. You had a minute or two to get in. You had two minutes to get in. Right there, exclusive, in the Benzing and Produce feed, 750.03. Anovius Bio, positive phase two data. We also had some exclusives on ticker GROM and PMEDF. Those aren't as liquid in the pre-market, but ANVS, huge win this morning for Benzing and Pro subscribers. You could have seen that if you were in Benzing and Pro, pro.benzinga.com. Free two-week trial for all. And just shout out to those guys doing good work. So giving you a trade right there. I mean, it was squawked out. It was in red, right, for everyone to see. It's hard to miss. So shout out to those guys on the Benzinger Pro news desk. Okay. Um, Some other things. David Green is going to go live in about 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, So looking forward to that. And... There's one more thing I wanted to say now, and I don't remember what it was. I don't know. Sorry, guys. Uh, there's a few headlines we didn't get to this morning. I want to get on uh, RSI today. I don't know if anyone has seen RSI uh, in the stock, not the indicator. Right? Uh, overnight here, y'all seen this? Is this just M and A like BS M and A chatter? I feel like it has to be. This is this one gets gets pumped on on social. Sometimes this thing got all the way up to how high did we get? Twenty three thirty nine this morning, or no? That was last night. That was last night. Now we're down to nineteen. On I think just no news. Just a, a yeah. Thank you, guys in the chat. Martin, a Disney rumor? Okay, that that I did not see. I assumed it was a rumor, but I didn't. I didn't know what. Yeah, chasing stocks like this on rumors. I don't know. Not for me. Thanks, Martin. I didn't I did not see the Disney rumor, but that come on. Yeah, it's a ESPN rumor. Oh, really? Yeah, so either ESPN or Fanatics has been rumored to be this the company. Okay. Okay. 
Wow. Well, look at wow. Look at that yesterday. So I guess it was out yesterday. That rumor, whatever that was, right? Or, or no, this is yeah. It's actually cow. been out for like almost a week now, Spencer. That's the interesting part. Wow. Okay, so then you have to ask yourself. Yeah, I I know David uh, in the chat. I know Will Mead is, is being on this on Twitter as well. He's a he's a wildly followed guy. He's got some influence. I know he's been pounding the table on this one. But you got to ask yourself. Uh, you know, we've already gone up here from twelve to nineteen in the last month. How much more juice is there really? I don't know. Just something to think about. Something to think about there. Uh, so that was what I wanted to hit on. I wanted to hit on a match because they raised some money, some dilution this morning, uh, issued some some shares and um, and sold some bonds as well. So uh, match group and then Lulu added to their buyback program this morning as well. So buybacks are this is like a record year for stock buybacks. It is insane the the amount of cash being thrown around for buybacks. Massive, massive, massive. Um, okay, I think that was all I had that I wanted to get to. I know there's a, a few stocks that we didn't cover in the chat. What I'm going to say is, um, ask ask David Green, right? He's actively trading at the open, right, on our channel from like nine twenty five to uh, eleven o'clock. And I would say, ask him. He will gladly pull up your chart uh, and take a look and tell you what he thinks. And and he's quick and he's making quick trades because look, I'm not making quick trades. Y'all ask me for a, you know, y'all want me to look at your, your stock and I'll pull, but like a daily, right? And as we just said, spend the whole morning talking about a lot of these charts look the same anyway in the last month, right? Basically, unless you own oil or regional banks for some reason, um, your stock is down in the last four or five weeks. By the way, shout out to regional banks, right? Shout out KRE, Regional Bank ETF. Look at that. Look at that relative outperformance. Boom. You've like never been able to say that because it's regional banks. It's so sleepy. Shout out KRE. And oil, but also regional banks. All right. Uh, as a reminder, our next in-person event is next week. So I'll be out of office I'll, I'll I'll be out of this show uh, Thursday, Friday, and and also probably Monday morning because I'll be in New York, where hopefully I'll see you at our cannabis capital conference. It's all day Thursday, all day Friday. Um, BZCannabis.com. It's up on the screen right there. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. It's our first in-person event since before COVID. We are very, very, very excited. Um, I'm. Catching up on the chat. I see you all in the chat. I see you. I can acknowledge everyone all the time, but I see you. Um, so, yeah, apologies for sounding congested. I feel not great uh, the past couple of days. Um, but, <laughs> Shelly, that's funny. Uh, yeah, so bzcannabis.com, guys. Check it out for real, for real, for real. Oh, oh, and the last thing I did want to do before David is let's do, and I'm very excited to do, a crypto update right now because Bitcoin, we didn't give it as much love this morning as I would have liked, but hey, everyone, BTC, for a brief moment in time, we got above 50K. How do you like them apples? We're not there at the moment. Well, the futures are. Bitcoin Cash is not, but we got above 50K. Big psychological number. First time in what? 
Uh, a month? No. When was that? Yeah, first time in a month. We broke above 50 in in Bitcoin. So congrats to all the Bitcoin longs, myself included. Ethereum also having itself a nice day, up 2.5%. Uh, Solana, which I also own, up not nearly as much, but up nonetheless. Hey, mostly green. I'll take it. Let's see if we can hold a big psychological number. 50K in Bitcoin. Talk about buying dips. Every dip is a dip to buy in Bitcoin, not investment advice. As a reminder, you can get $50 in Bitcoin for free. All you have to do is download the Voyager app, use the offer code Zing, fund your account with $100 and make your first trade. They will give you $50 in Bitcoin. Yeah, Shiba. Is Shiba on this heat, heat map? I don't think it is. Let's go to Shiba here real fast. Uh, I will go and I will search. Uh, trading view charts. What I like, what I like. Wow. I'll have to ask the uh, Mooner bus guys what's going on here. If there's an actual reason for that. I'm knowing, I don't follow Shiba every day. Wow. Who just called that out in chat? Hex214 Pony? Good for Hex? I hope you're long. That's all I can say. I don't I don't own Shiba Inu, but now I wish I did. I'll tell you that. Wow. Holy. Parabolic. Randy says it's trending on Twitter. Okay. All right. That'll be a wrap for me here. So David Green will be live in about 15 minutes or so, give or take. And I'm going to hop off. And get my day on, get ready for the open. You should all get ready for the open as well. And yeah, Benzinga Pro, pro.benzinga.com, bzcannabis.com. Also, for the Joel and Dennis weekend event next Saturday, the 16th, premarketprep.com. It's up on the screen there. Premarketprep.com for Joel, Dennis, and Rob Friesen. Basically, three and a half hours of. Uh, more in-depth education, not so much trading ideas, but more in-depth education on how they look at the market. That's October 16th. And uh, yeah, it'll be a wrap for me here. Thank you, Boris. You take it easy too, Boris. Take it easy. I'm going to hop off and uh, David Green will be live here in a few. Everyone have a good rest of your day and good luck and try to stay green. Hopefully today's a little bit easier. Yesterday was pretty brutal. Try, try, try to stay green if you can. And stay off, stay off Facebook. Just general rule. Of, of life. Just stay off, stay off Facebook. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. 
We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.